Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. If you know your Bible, um, you know the story that is going on right here in Judges chapter number 16 is dealing with a man by the name of Samson. Samson's a very interesting man to study whenever we come to the Word of God. And I've preached a lot on him. Matter of fact, I actually taught 12 weeks on the life of Samson in Bible college one time. And I preached a lot of messages on Samson and on his life. But uh, And some of the things that I'll say when I get to the main part of the message today. Uh, I have said before, but the Lord just really, really burdened my heart with this this week. And uh, I want you to listen to me this morning. And uh, more than that, I want you to listen to God this morning. And um, let God speak to your heart. And uh, maybe He'll help us today through His Word. Uh, And uh, His Word is always a help if we allow it to be. Amen. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. And I want to read you a few verses. And then uh, I'm going to take probably the largest portion of my time this morning uh, in the introduction because you really need to understand chapter 13, 14, and 15 uh, to understand even what's going on in chapter number 16. And a lot of times I'm bad to say this. I'll read a text and then jump right into it and say, well, you're familiar with what's going on, but you may not be familiar with what's going on. You may have never read the story of Samson today or even heard from about Samson. So I want to take time to lay the groundwork going into it so we can really understand uh, what is happening right here in chapter number 16. The Bible said this in verse number 15. And she said unto him, now the she that said that is Delilah. And we'll talk more about Delilah here in just a minute. And she said unto him, the him is Samson. She is, this is a conversation between Delilah and Samson. And she said unto him, How how canst thou say, I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me um, these three times, and hast not told me wherein uh, thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death that he told her all his heart. Now, just briefly breaking out right there for a second, you better be real careful who you're telling your heart to. You better be real careful who you share your feelings with. I promise you we're fixing to learn that that comes back to bite him because of what he just did. The Bible said and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. John the Baptist was the only other in the Bible that we find that was a Nazarite from his mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, 
she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in, in their hand. And she, had, she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said... I will go out at I will go out as other times before and shake myself. This next phrase is probably one of the saddest phrases in our Bible today. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He didn't even know God wasn't anywhere around. Look in verse number 21. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house. Father, you know the need of this service today. God, I thank you, Lord, for the great, great choir singing this morning, for the good congregational singing, Lord, for the great special song today. I thank you, God, for a time to laugh, a time to cut up, a time to enjoy being in your house. But God, I pray now that as we dive into your word, God, that you would help us to preach in power and unction and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, before the foundations of the world was ever laid, uh, you knew who would be sitting on these pews today. You knew what I would be preaching. And God, I pray that he, the Holy Ghost, Father, would take the words that is uttered out of my mouth and place it in the hearts of the hearers today. I pray, God, that if there's one here not saved, oh, God, would you but draw them to an altar, and God, may they be saved. If there's one here out of your will, God, would you but bring them back close to you, one more time, God. I pray, God, Father, that you do the work that only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated today. I want to look into these verses and preach a little bit on the life of Samson again this morning. Whenever you come to the Bible and to the book of Judges, you'll find out that there is four chapters devoted to the life of Samson. It is chapter 13, 14, 15 and 16 in the book of Judges. You'll find out that Samson has more written about him and is given more space in the book of Judges than any other judge that judged Israel during that time. Matter of fact, a fifth of the book of Judges is dedicated to a man by the name of Samson. When we come into chapter number 13, we'll find that it begins with a familiar phrase that runs throughout the first 13 chapters of the book of Judges. Here's what the Bible said. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. The children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Whenever you study their life out and you study the time of the 
book of Judges and what's going on. It is a very bad time in the nation of Israel. It's a time of apostasy and a time of a great falling away from the things of God. God will deliver them and then they'll fall back into sin. God will deliver them then they fall back into sin. And it is this rotating pattern in the life of Israel. If there was ever a time that God needed a man to stand up and live right and walk right and talk right and have the right testimony and live in the power of God and be led by the unction of the Holy Ghost of God, it was right now in the time of Israel. Can I echo something else to you today? If there's ever been a time in the nation of America that God needs some men and God needs some women and God needs some young people that'll stand up for what's right and live a life that is pleasing to God and live a pure, separated, holy, undefiled life. It is definitely in the day and age in which we live. If there was ever a time that God needed that in the nation of Israel, it's right now. Look with me what your Bible says in verse number two. The Bible said this. This is chapter 13, verse number two. There was a certain man of Zorah, the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren. His wife was barren. Let me say this to you. The nation of Israel was in a state of apostasy. And Manoah's wife was barren. There was no hope of a deliverer for God's people coming from this situation because she's barren. You say, well, preacher, what does that mean? It means she cannot have a child. It means that she is not able to be with child. But can I say something to you? When in the world's eyes it looks impossible, I sure am thankful that in God's eyes it is possible. In the world's eyes, Manoah's wife, she's never even named. We don't even know what her name is. But in the world's eyes, there is no way that a deliverer for uh, the land of Israel and the nation of Israel will ever come through her. Oh, but aren't you thankful that when uh, in the world's eyes it seems impossible and in man's eyes there is no hope. Aren't you thankful that there is a God today uh, that likes to work uh, in a hopeless situation? That's what we're fixing to see here in this little lady that is the mother of Samson. She ends up in verse number three. The angel of the Lord of chapter 13. I'm headed where we read our text. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but, amen, I like that word, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Thou shalt conceive and bear a son. You say, preacher, what happened? I tell you what happened. God showed up on the scene and business picked up, amen. So God tells her, the angel of the Lord tells her that she's going to bear a son. Now, look with me in verse number five of chapter 13. I'm headed somewhere. 
For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Look with me in verse number 8. The Bible said, Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto me and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. You know what he's saying? I want to know how to raise my child right. God give us some daddies like Manoah right there. Look in verse number 14 of chapter 3. The Bible said this, She may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let, uh, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Look in verse 25. The Bible said this in verse 25, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtal. So now Samson is born. Out of a hopeless situation comes a judge that God is going to use to begin to deliver the children of Israel out of the bondage of the Philistines. Samson is born out of a hopeless situation. Samson from his mother's womb. Only one other in the Bible, and that was John the Baptist, that from his mother's womb had an Azrite separation. Numbers chapter number 6 deals with that. And uh, Samson, if I can just say it this way, Samson has everything going for him to be raised and to become a good young man that will love God and fear God and lead the children of God in the right path. Matter of fact, right from the beginning, the Bible said this in verse 25 of chapter 13, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times. The Spirit of God was already upon him. As I begin to think about this, Samson is a man who was selected by God for a special task. He was raised in a godly home who was blessed by the Lord and of whom we read on several different occasions that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. With all this going for Samson, all this in his life going in the right direction. He's raised right. He's taught right. He's told to do this. He's told to do that. God brings his life out of a hopeless situation. You would think that Samson would make the right choices, wouldn't you? You would think that Samson would live right, Brother Randy, that Samson would walk right. Samson's been brought up in the admonition of the Word of God. But when we began to look into Samson's life in verse number 1 of chapter 14, and Samson went down. It's where it always starts at. And Samson went down to Timnoth, now watch this, and saw... Go with me to chapter 16, verse number 1. I'm headed somewhere. I hope you'll stay with me. Chapter 16, verse number 1. Then went Samson to Gaza, and what? Saul. Nowhere do we find right there from chapter 14 to chapter 16 that Samson's walking by faith. He's walking by sight. And what does the Word of God tell us to do? He says that we don't walk by sight. We walk by what? We walk by faith. But Samson goes against what he is taught. Samson goes against the way he is raised. 
Madeline just turned 18. And um, um, uh, last Saturday, we just took a little ride together last Saturday. And we had a little daddy-daughter talk about some things. I told her, I said, I understand you're 18 at this point in your life. I understand you may make choices that your mother and I don't agree with, but there's some that you will not make and live in my home. I said, you make, make the choice to go away from the things that we have taught you. But I'm going to tell you right now, there is some lines that I will draw in my house. Now you can holler amen or owe me. If I'm going to pay the bills, if I'm going to put the food on the table, there is still some lines that I'm going to draw in my house. I told her, I said, you can walk away from every bit of that. You can walk away from everything your mother and I has taught you. You can walk away from the Word of God. You can walk away from the admonition of the Bible. All of that is on you at this point. Are you hearing me? And there's a lot of young people that is raised. I wish somebody hear the preacher this morning. They're raised right. They're taught right. But because they don't walk by faith, they start looking at things that is appeasing to the flesh. Is anybody hearing the preacher today? They get caught up in the lust of the eyes, uh, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Uh, and they do just like Samson. And they walk away from everything that they've ever been taught. Samson finds himself walking away everything that he's been taught. Samson finds himself not being like Christ. Christ said this, not my will, but thine be done. Samson said this, not thy will, but mine be done. See, Samson's interested in one thing, and that's what's appeasing to him. Samson's interested in one thing. That is what appeases his flesh. Is anybody hearing the preacher today? That's what Samson's interested in. As Samson took the steps down the road to ruin. He had no idea where the path would ultimately lead him. He had no idea how bad things would be at the end of the way. He had no idea the heartache and the grief and the pain that he would end up facing. Samson could have avoided every bit of this, Brother Josh, if he'd have just listened to his parents. I understand some people as parents that's not godly. But if you've got godly parents and you're sitting in this room this morning, especially if you're a young person today, if you have godly parents, you better listen up whenever they talk because they're doing nothing but trying to help. I walked outside yesterday of the chicken fillet over there. Y'all know why it's called chick fillet, don't you? The fillet is the highest cut of a steak. And the most expensive in Chick-fil-A, they serve the filet of the chicken because it's so expensive. Somebody say amen right there. So I just think in my mind that I'm eating a filet mignon of chicken every time I go there. You say they're high. I'm still going to go because I like it. And that, that sauce, it starts with a P you got the other day. I've done, what's the name of it? Yeah, that stuff right there. I just tell them the sauce that starts with a P. Don't tell them the P sauce. They look at you funny. <laughs> I told that lady that the other day and she went. I said, no, that one that starts with a P on it. That one. Oh, the, 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 that one. I said, yeah, that one. I walked out. 
There was this lady. I, I held the door because that's what my mama taught me to do. I held the door and this lady said, no, go ahead. She said, I'm waiting on my son. I said, okay. So I stepped out and her son slung the door open and come walking out, Brother Brian. And his mom said, honey, be careful going across the road or going across the driveway. They could be a car. And he smarted off to his mom and I promise you I wanted to plant this number 10. I'm just being real with you. I'm telling you, if your parents love you, if your parents love the Lord, if your parents is trying to raise you in the... I don't have any of this in my notes, but I'm going to preach it while I'm here. If your parents is trying to raise you in the admonition of the Word of God, you better perk up and you better listen to them. They're trying to save you from a world of heartache. Samson had that, but Brother Stanley didn't heed to it. He didn't heed to it. He continued his path down the wrong road. Chapter 14, we find him in a mess. Chapter 15, it seems that he straightens up a little bit. Chapter 16 comes around, and guess what happens? Samson finds himself in a mess again. God over and over had tried to stop him. Whenever he went down to Timnoth, God sent a line by. God sent a line by, and then he gave him the strength to kill the line so it didn't devour him. God give him warning after warning after warning. God has done everything he can do to stop him from going down the wrong road. See, Samson had one problem. You know what that problem was? Women. That was Samson's problem. You can say amen. It's right there in the Bible. Samson had a problem with women. And he ends up over here, matter of fact, this is the only one that's named Delilah. It's the only one that he ever said that he loved whenever you study it out. And he gets over here in chapter 16. And guess what happens? He's done good for a while, but now he finds himself right back in the same mess. And the Bible says this, that he laid his head in the lap of Delilah. You better be careful. You better be careful who you're giving your heart to. You better be... I'm, I'm going to make some people mad right here, but it drives me crazy to hear a 16-year-old tell somebody they love them. You don't have a clue what love is. I told Madeline, I said, if that boy, if I ever hear that boy say, I love you, it'll be the end of things for a while. Oh, but I just love them so much. You got so many emotions running through your body right now at that age. You don't even know what's up from down and in and out. And, and, and oh, I love them. And Samson says, I love her. And I'm going to tell her all my heart. Well, boy, where did that get him? It got him down there at the mill. And the Bible said this that they took Samson. You see, it wasn't just necessarily shaving the hair off of Samson's head. That's not really what took his strength. What took his strength was he failed to live a separated lifestyle that God had called him to live. And he failed to acknowledge that he had walked away from the presence of God. You say, well, preacher, I thought God was omnipresent. He is omnipresent, but you can leave the presence of God. Jonah did it. He wished not that the Lord had departed from him. Maybe Samson had got so comfortable with every time he got in a mess that God bailed him out of it 
that he thought if he'd gotten another mess that God would bail him out of it again. But you know what? There's coming a day that God says, I'm done bailing you out of, of all of your messes. There does come a time, and I want you to hear me right here. I don't want nobody to fall out with me right here, but I want you to hear me right. There does come a time that God turns the saved person over to the devil for the destruction of the flesh. He didn't say nothing about the destruction of the soul because once we're saved, that's eternally inside of us and it's sealed by the Holy Ghost of God. But there does come a time when God says, I'm done calling, I'm done trying to woo you, I'm done warning you, and there does come a time that you can make yourself at a premature grave because you've walked away from the things of God. Because you, the Bible says that we can forget where he's brought us from. And Samson is an example of that. And he ends up giving this woman all of his heart. So can I say this? Samson, whenever we study his life, you've heard me say this statement before and even preach this message. Samson was almost a champion. Samson was almost a champion. I've preached that before. It's not the message I'm going to preach today. But he was almost a champion. Here's where I want to center in at for just a minute. Look what the Bible said. Verse number 21 of chapter number 16. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters and brass. and He did grind in the prison house. Samson's now blind. Everything's been taken away from him. He's at the prison house and actually he's brought out and is marching around a grinding wheel, turning that grinding wheel, and they are making sport of Samson. They're laughing at him now. That's what sin will do to you, church. They're laughing at him now. And Samson finds himself in a mess. But look in verse number 22. How be it? And the story don't stop with Samson as a failure. The story don't stop with Samson messed up. The story don't stop with Samson's failure. The Bible said, How be it the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. You know what happened? God said, even though you've messed up, even though you have failed me again, even though you have lost some things now that you'll never get back, I still got a little bit of grace that's left for you if you'll listen to me. I thought about this. The hall of the faithful in Hebrews 11 could also be labeled the hall of failures. Abraham lacked the faith to believe God's promise to take care of him. And he went down to Egypt where he lied about his wife. Sarah laughed at God and mocked his promises. Isaac lied about his wife. Moses committed murder and tried to cover it up. Joshua was full of pride and failed to pray before he attacked Ai, where the nation of Israel was defeated. Rahab was a prostitute. Yet whenever we roll over to Hebrews chapter number 11, we also find a man that was born, uh, that had the, the, the power of God on his life, uh, that lived in the power of God, that the Spirit of God moved on, but he messed up in a bad way. But when we get to Hebrews chapter number 11, guess who we find? Samson. Samson. Why? 
because how be it the hair of his head began to grow again. In other words, God was not finished with Samson. Think about this. The successful Christian is not the person who never fails, but is the person who when they fail, gets back up and goes on for the Lord. The successful Christian is the person who accepts God's remedy for sin and reaches up to God for cleansing and forgiveness when he does fail. You may be here this morning. You may be here this morning and and I'm about to where I want to preach at for about five minutes. You may be here this morning and maybe your life resembles the life of Samson. Maybe you was raised right. Maybe you was taught right. And I don't know why the Lord's got me here this morning. I'm just obeying Him. Maybe you was raised right. Maybe you was taught right. Maybe, maybe you was even like myself and decided one day that you didn't need all that. But little did we know that that really was what we did need. Samson, did he mess up? Yeah. He messed up in a bad way. But you know what happened to Samson? He was restored back to use from God. Now I want you to see three things, and I promise you I'm I'm about done. But I want you to see three things about the restoration of a fallen Christian. The restoration of a fallen Christian. Number one, watch this. It was a slow restoration. It was a slow restoration. What did the Bible say? The Bible said, How be it the hair of his head began to grow again. I looked that up and here's what I found about hair. From what I could find, the average person's hair grows a fourth of an inch a month. It's slow. It's slow. It don't grow back fast. It don't grow back. And I want you to understand something with me this morning. There's always... There's always a price to sin. God always chastises those whom He loveth. You say, well, preacher, you know I messed my life up, but I, I, I'm just going. I, I'm just going to jump right back in church, and, and, and I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to. It was a slow restoration. Yes, you need to jump right back in church. Yes, you need to get right back in the Word of God. But you want me to tell you what happened in Samson's life? It wasn't overnight that the power of God rested upon Samson again. It was a slow restoration. Note this, number two, it was a singular restoration. It was a singular restoration. Do you care to come start playing real softly? It was a singular restoration. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? You know what else Samson lost here? He lost his eyesight. The Bible said they plucked his eyes out. They took his eyes out. And you know something? He never, Brother Randy, he never, ever, 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 ever got his eyesight back. Did God forgive Samson? Yes. And I'm going to show that to you in just a minute. Did God forgive him? Yes. Did God use him? Yes. Matter of fact, he used him more in his death than he did in his whole life. That's what the Bible said, closing chapter 16. But Samson lost some things that he never got back. My wife and I was talking on Friday. 
I think it was Friday. I told her we had eaten supper and we were sitting around the house. And I said, come on, we're going to take a ride. She said, where are we going? I said, we're going to look at the cows. She said, okay. So we rode over uh, off Leroy Gillespie Road and walked all back through there and, and we were just spending the evening together. And, and you say, well, I thought to have a good evening together. You had to go spend a bunch of money. Don't tell my wife that, please. Because she thinks a good evening is just walking around in the pasture holding hands together. I'm glad that we are okay with the simple things of life. I don't mean that against nobody. I'm just being honest with you. I'm glad that we considered that a great date night. We come back and we got in the truck and we pulled over to another place and walked up there and looked at some calves and we was just leaning up against the gate and one of them in there, he'd, he'd buy half crazy every once in a while and put Olivia up a fence the other day and we laughed about it. We was talking about that and we began to talk about marriage and about how the greatest thing that a, a husband can give his wife at the marriage altar is his virginity. And the greatest thing a lady can give, a young lady can give her husband at the marriage altar is her virginity. Is everybody still okay at church this morning? It's the greatest thing that they can give each other. And we talked about that. And we was thankful for that. And as we walked off, we was talking about how we pray that our children will be able to do that one day. I hope they can. But ultimately, that decision, Brother Josh, is up to them. I can raise them. I can teach them. I can take them to church. I can drag them to church. I can make them sing in the choir. I can make them play instruments. And I don't have to make them do those things. But ultimately, that decision's up to them. And here's what I told Leslie. I said, you know what? Y'all have heard me say it before. When that's gone, it's something that you can never get back. You can never get that back. Sin will cost you some things that you'll never be able to get back. That you'll never be able to get back. I've run probably thousands of calls, Brother Brian. Since I was 16 years old, I, I, I got in volunteer fire service when I was 16 years old and been in it ever since. Love every minute of it. Love every minute. But we run a call about a, a little over a month ago that shook me more than any call we've ever run. And it still does. There's not hardly a day that goes by that I don't think about it. And I think about the young man that was driving that vehicle. And another individual got killed in that vehicle. And I think about the choices that he made and how the rest of his life he's going to have to live with what happened that night. You see, sin, Samson was taught right. Samson was raised right. Samson had everything going for him right in his life. But he chose in his power to walk away from the things of God. And there was a singular restoration that day. His hair grew back, but his eyes never came back. His eyes never came back. And I want you to understand something. We do serve a God of grace. We do serve a God that will forgive you. We do serve a God. We do serve a God that's loving. But at the same time, sin always cost you something.
It was a sure restoration. Look what your Bible said in closing. Chapter 16, verse 28. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee. And strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God. That I may be at once avenged of the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two pillars, two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one in his right hand, the other in his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all of his mind. And the house fell upon the Lord, and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. God did forgive him. God did use him one more time. But he still went to an early grave. I wonder this morning if Samson would have stayed right. If I'd have read out of the book of Samson today. I wonder if Samson would have stayed right if he'd have had more than just an honorable mention in Hebrews 11. Moses has a lot of things said about him. Abraham does. Samson's just mentioned in passing like David is. Why? Because he walked away from the things of God. Watch this, verse number 31. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtal and the burying place of Manoah. Go back to chapter 13 now. Verse 25. The first time we see the Spirit of God coming upon him and the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan. Where? Between Zorah and Eshtal. Oh, you know what? He got buried right where he started at. In other words, he never made it no further than where he started. I don't know about nobody else. Sitting here this morning. But I want to make it further than where I start at. I want to make it further than where I start at. I've had some mistakes in the past. But with the grace of God and with the help of God, I want to make it further than where I started at. I saw something this week that just absolutely made me cut a backflip almost. Look what the Bible said in verse number 5 of chapter 13. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. God knew that he would never deliver them out of the hand of the Philistines. That he would only begin to do that. That he would only begin to do that. And even though, even though, Brother Randy, God knew that Samson would never do everything that he intended for him to do. It was God's will for him to deliver them out of the hand of the Philistines. Ain't a doubt in my mind about that. God knew before he ever made it to the womb 
he's just talking about Samson going to the womb right here. Before Samson ever went to the womb, God knew that he would fail at the task that God had for him. But God still, in his love and mercy, and in his loving kindness, Brother Ramsey, he still let Samson be born. And he still let Samson enjoy the presence of God and the Spirit of God moving on his life. Hear me and hear me well. Every person sitting in this room, including myself, God knew before we was ever born everything we would do and every time that we would fail him and every mistake that we would ever make. But God still chose in his sovereign mercy and in his sovereign grace and His long-sufferingness to allow us to be born and allow us to be saved and to allow us to enjoy the Spirit of God moving in our life even though He knew we may never get no further than where we started. He still loved us. I don't know about anybody else, but boy, that helps me today to know that God knew everything that I would do, but He still loved me. Did it cost Samson? It did. It did. But God still loved him. Now I want to say this to you this morning in closing. You may be here and maybe your life resembles Samson today. Can I beg of you to not walk out of these doors in the condition you came in on? Sin cost. Let's roll off. Said it'll take you further than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay, and it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. I know a guy that just got out of prison from seven, a seven-year sentence. A seven-year sentence. Just got out of prison. He got in some trouble, and after he got into some trouble, Brother Andy, he got saved. God changed his life. He said on the pews of this church, he's helped us put the tent up before he's helped us in a lot of things in the ministry but listen to me he still had to pay the price for what he had done wrong so the solution to that is don't go down that road don't go down that road tell what you ought to do this morning you'll run back to an altar you'll run to an altar today on every young person in here that's got a mom and daddy that loves them is trying to raise them right or to get in an altar and thank God for it this morning. Well, I thank God for mom and daddy that when I was wrong, boy, they'd let me have it. It'd make me so mad. It'd make me so, but boy, they'd let me have it. They let me have it. Boy, I thank God for it today. I thank God that a daddy just wouldn't let me act any way I wanted to and go anywhere I wanted to at any time that I wanted to. I thank God for it today. Get an altar and you're to thank God for it. And then you're to get up from the altar. You're to go find mom and dad and you're to hug her neck. Boy, if mine was here this morning, I'd do it. Hug their neck and say, thank you for loving me. Thank you for bringing me to church today. Thank you for raising me.